Welcome, gentlemen. You are listening to the Gird Up Podcast. My name is Charlie Ngamak. I'm the founder and curator of the Gird Up Podcast. And uh, I'm really happy that this podcast is reaching men all over the world. Um, we're helping young men become the men that God created us to be um, and truly live out our calling as men of God. Today's episode of the Gird Up Podcast is sponsored by Pastor Mike Novotny and his new book, Three Words That Will Change Your Life, The Secret to Experiencing the Joy of God's Presence. Now, Pastor Mike has been featured on this podcast several times, but Pastor Mike Novotny is a co-pastor at the core. He's the lead speaker for the Media Ministry Time of Grace, and he serves as the chairman of Conquerors Through Christ. Those three words that will change your life, God is here. That tiny little sentence can change everything. Truly understanding God's presence is the key to more happiness, less boredom, more rest, less rush, more love, less drama, more peace, and less fear. A deeply satisfying life doesn't require a sabbatical, a new career, or a New Year's resolution. As long as God is glorious enough and near enough, you can cast aside the cheap substitutes you've settled for and enjoy the life that is truly here and now. This book will help you shake off the guilt and shame of sin and see yourself as God sees you. Find the joy he has been waiting to give you as you discover how three little words can revolutionize your relationship with God. Again, the book is called Three Words That Will Change Your Life by Pastor Mike Novotny. You can find it on Amazon. It just dropped uh, about a month ago, January 7th. It's an excellent read. Um, I got to read it over Christmas break. Um, it's just a good book. I read it in about four days. Um, I sat down and just dug into it and read and read and read and read. And it's, it's one of those books um, where you're hearing the message of God in a way you've never quite heard it before. Pastor Mike does an awesome job of incorporating humor into what he's writing about. Um, he talks a lot about breakfast sausages in this particular book, which um, I can't disagree with him. They are a wonderful creation. Uh, but he's the master of the footnote. Uh, there's everything in here from slaws to ridiculous illustrations um, to excellent footnotes. Um, and most importantly, there's a lot of... L- a lot of law, um, but there's also a transcendent amount of gospel. Um, the law is there simply to point out the love and the mercy of our Heavenly Father who is truly with us all the time and how understanding who God is and seeing God as he is um, will truly change the way we live our lives and change the way we think about not only the things on this earth, um, but change the way we think about eternity um, and the idea that our eternity begins now. Um, because we've already been saved by Heavenly Father, who is always present and who has already done the work of salvation for us. So go get it on Amazon. Um, God is here. Three words that will change your life by Pastor Mike Navani. If you'd like to have your product or your company or your service or your ministries featured on the Gird Up podcast, make sure you contact me. All that contact information is at the end of the show. Hope we hear from you soon. God's blessings. Let's get started. You are listening to the Gird Up Podcast. To gird up is an ancient way of preparing oneself for hard work or a battle ahead. Our work is to reclaim masculinity in the modern world and to live out our calling as men of God. Here you will find a community of believers working hard to become the men that God created us to be. Now it's time to roll up your sleeves and let's get to work. All right, gentlemen, we're studying men of the Bible 
Right now we're talking about Samson. <laughs> Samson, though he served God faithfully for 20 years, lived a bit of a ridiculous life and made several very, very foolish decisions. So we're going to talk about foolishness today and uh, making good decisions and foolish decisions. Um, the story we're going to use as an example today comes from Judges chapter 15. This is only one example of Samson's ridiculousness, um, but we're going to read from Judges chapter 15 to give a little background knowledge here. Judges chapter 15. Solomon's ven- sorry, Samson's vengeance on the Philistines. Later on, at the time of the wheat harvest, Samson took a young goat and went to visit his wife. He said, I'm going to my wife's room, but her father would not let him in. I was so sure that you thoroughly hated her, he said, that I gave her to your friend. Isn't her younger sister more attractive? Take her instead. Samson said to him, this time I have a right to get even with the Philistines. I will really harm them. So he went out and caught 300 foxes and tied them tail to tail in pairs. Then he fastened a torch to every pair of tails, lit the torches, and let the foxes loose in the standing grain of the Philistines. He burned up the shocks and standing grain together with the vineyards and the olive groves. And when the Philistines asked, who did this? They were told, Samson, the Timonite's son-in-law, because his wife was given to his friend. So the Philistines went and burned her and her father to death. Samson said to them, since you've acted like this, I won't stop until I get my revenge on you. He attacked them viciously and slaughtered many of them. And then he went down and stayed in a cave in the rock of Etam. The Philistines went up and camped in Judah, spreading out their tents near Lehi. The men of Judah asked, why have you come to fight us? We have come to take Samson prisoner, they answered, to do to him as he did to us. Then 3,000 men from Judah went down to the cave in the rock of Etam and said to Samson, Don't you realize that the Philistines are rulers over us? What have you done to us? He answered, I merely did to them what they did to me. And they said to him, We've come to tie you up and hand you over to the Philistines. Samson said, Swear to me that you won't kill me yourselves. Agreed, they answered. We will only tie you up and hand you over to them. We will not kill you. So they bound him with two new ropes and led him up from the rock. As he approached Lehi, the Philistines came toward him, shouting, The Spirit of the Lord came upon him in power, and the ropes on his arms broke like charred flax, and the bindings dropped from his hands. Finding a fresh jawbone of a donkey, he grabbed it and struck down a thousand men. And then Samson said, With a donkey's jawbone I have made donkeys of them. With a donkey's jawbone I have killed a thousand men. When he finished speaking, he threw away the jawbone, and the place was called Ramath-Lehi. Because he was very, very thirsty, he cried out to the Lord, You have given your servant a great victory. Must I now die of thirst and fall into the hands of the uncircumcised? Then God opened up the hollow place and lay, and water came out of it. When Samson drank, his strength returned and he revived. So the spring was called En-Hakor and is still there in lay. Samson led Israel for 20 years in the days of the Philistines. Now, Samson led for 20 years, and the Lord let him lead for 20 years because he was faithful to him. But Samson also was not a particularly wise man and often did very foolish things. Every action has a consequence. Some consequences are desirable, and some consequences are undesirable. Good choices, in quotation marks, result often in desirable consequences, and bad choices, in quotation marks, often lead to undesirable consequences. Samson made a lot of bad choices, and he doesn't seem to learn his lesson until the very end. Samson makes foolish wagers, he alienates his own countrymen and family, he marries ungodly women, he sleeps with hookers and whores, he's the guy that nobody trusts, and even his friends, in quotation marks, won't stand by his side. 
Samson was a fool. Samson had it all. He was as strong as Superman, handsome as anybody in Hollywood. He was a mighty warrior called by the Lord to lead the chosen nation of Israel and to rain destruction down on the heads of the Philistines. Samson could have been like David, truly great, a tender warrior, a man after God's own heart. But instead, he's a fool. Samson could have chosen any of the godly virgins of Israel, but he wasn't interested. He wanted the hot Philistine he saw, but he hadn't met. Eventually, his taste for the things of this world enslaves, tortures, and kills him. Samson lost sight of the one thing needful, the one thing that can fill that void in our hearts. The truth is, we were never created to live in a world like this. We were created for a perfect union with God, without wickedness, without disappointment, shame, or fear. We were meant to live in a perfect world where we walk with God and never know evil. The world that we walk each day is not our home. And deep down inside, we know it, and it drives us crazy. There are two things to do when we find this hole. We can either seek the Father and prepare ourselves for heaven, or we can try and fill that hole, that void, with earthly things. Unfortunately, most men turn to the world. Weed, porn, alcohol, drugs, video games, sports, food, music, fashion, fame, money, all those things and more are all things that we try to use to numb the pain of being separated from the one who gives us life. Only by washing and renewal in Jesus' blood do we find the real answers to all of our questions and the love lost in our fault of sin. In your life, you face the same choices and challenges that Samson did. You may not have super strength or dashing good looks, but you do have a Savior who stands ready to wrap you in his arms of love and make things fall into place. It's your call. Who will you serve? As for me, I'm going to serve the Lord. Let's reflect on that a little bit. What are some of the great temptations which threaten to draw you away from the Father? What are the big ones? For me, I've talked about this before. I've talked about this before. It's, uh, it's the internet, man. Really easy to draw me away. Um, women, too. Ah, I love a pretty girl. It's easily draw me away from the Heavenly Father. Right? These are things that are great temptations. These are things that draw me away from my Heavenly Father. Also, um, popularity, notoriety, such things, fame, if you will, easily draws me away from my Heavenly Father. Recognition easily draws me away. So the question is, how can you combat these things and keep temptations at bay? For me, it's not checking all my stats all the time online. It's not looking at how many people viewed my story. Sometimes it's even, most of the time actually, it's deleting social media off my phone completely and just not having it there. And then I don't have the black hole to fall into and I don't have uh, the ability to sit there for hours and hours and hours and scroll through um, social media, you know, looking for the next hit, right? For me, it's finding quiet time with the Lord. So sitting out on a front porch with my Bible in hand, reading, or sitting out on a front porch with a book in hand, reading, spending time with my Heavenly Father. The question is, what are some great temptations that threaten to draw you away from the Heavenly Father? What are your big sins? What are your big temptations? And then once you recognize what they are, you need to find a way to combat that. How are you going to combat that? How are you going to move back away from sin and towards your Heavenly Father? Second thing we got to think about, what are some of the choices that you've made that you regret? Samson had several of them. If you could go back and do things differently, what would you do differently? Obviously, we can't do that. But if there are some things you could go back and change, what would you change? Um, how would 
how will the consequences of those actions guide your decision making in the future? So I want you to think back. If there are, so let's say three different moments in your life that you could change that you would do differently. How would your life be different now? And how does that regret? How does that regret shape the way you you make decisions now, and and that you will make decisions in the future? Do you think about that? What are some things that you wish you could do differently? And how do those choices help guide future choices you're going to make? Finally, I can either serve my Savior or serve the world. What does it look like to serve the Lord? What does it look like for a man to be passionately following God? What can you do now to set you up for spiritual health in the future? So what does a man who passionately follows God do? And what can you do to make sure that you not only follow the Lord now, but follow the Lord in the future? What are some things you can do? For me, like I've outlined before, sharing my message with the world and making sure I stay in the Word, stay in Scripture, surround myself with men of the Word, men who love the Lord and are going to push me to grow spiritually. The dudes that I read books with and do book club with, book club in quotation marks, I don't like calling it a book club, but their wives insist it's a book club, so we call it book club. But those dudes, they push me spiritually. They challenge me. Um, they stay up in my life, and, and they, we keep talking about things going on. They know what's going on in my life. I share it with them. I share what's on my mind and what's on my heart. And they do the same with me. And we're all up in each other's lives, pushing each other to grow spiritually, forcing each other to stay faithful. A healthy church community is another part of that, right? Will they call you back if you stray, or are they just going to let you stray? Right? Finding those people around you, surrounding yourself with those people, and surrounding yourself with the Word of God every day, those are important things that are going to set you up for for, uh, faith throughout your life, spiritual health throughout your life. So three things we're reflecting on. What are the great temptations which threaten to draw you away from the Father, and how can you keep those temptations at bay? Second thing to consider, what are some of the choices you've made that you regret? How can you do it differently in the future? Finally, I can either serve my Savior or I can serve the world. So what does it look like to serve my Savior? Um, And what are some things I can do to ensure that I will not stray in the future, to ensure that I will follow my Heavenly Father wherever he might lead me? Let's pray on it, gentlemen. Here we go. Lord God, you are greater than all the things of this world and any temptation I may face as I walk the path you prepared for me. Guide my steps. Help me set my eyes on you, the author and perfecter of my faith, and the source of all strength and mercy that I will ever need, and more. Let me trust your wisdom and totally surrender to your will as I walk each day with you. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Gird Up Podcast. If you like what you're hearing on our podcast, make sure you're sharing it with friends and family, men in your life who you think need to hear our message. You can find us on social media, on Facebook under the Gird Up Podcast, and there's a Gird Up community as well there where you can interact with other men on the journey toward Christian manhood. You can find us on Instagram as girdup underscore like underscore a underscore man. If you'd like to help us bring our message to more men just like you all around the world, you can hit up our Patreon account. Type in www.patreon.com forward slash girdup. And finally, please leave a five-star rating or review on whatever platform you use to listen to our podcast, whether it's iTunes or Spotify. What that does is it helps us get more attention in the podcast world and bring more men to our message.
Thank you again for listening to our podcast. Thank you for all the ways you support us and help spread the word. Until next time, go gird up and be the man that God created you to be.